At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, superpower. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. Listening to the SNES podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hello, everybody. This is Super NES Podcast, episode number 201. I am Greg, joined by always by Joe. Hello. And uh, welcome to 2023, everybody. Uh, time recording this is, uh, um, it is still relatively new into the year. And we decided to go ahead and do the same thing we did last time. Uh, when a new year rung in and do a year in special. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at briefly touching upon the games we covered in the podcast 2022, um, trying to see which games made an impression on us, which games, uh, 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 which games didn't. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if anything, if anything we covered this year, Joe actually, Joe actually, Joe actually put into his dislike, uh, list, um, as opposed to just being like average. So, uh, there may be some difference in opinion between the two of us as far as that goes, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh, so before we get started, Joe, um, anything, um, anything in particular you want to touch upon, like real brief, uh, uh, as far as the podcast overall for uh, last year or the games you covered, like whatnot? Yes, I want to thank every single individual who was able to join us on those, uh, you know the compilation episodes that we had where we had to juggle four or five personalities um mm, and get yeah. everybody's opinion those episodes not only are logistically a nightmare um but then you know you have people who have you know stuff comes up things got to be rescheduled and then you got five different people trying to talk over each other um so i just want to thank everybody that we had on in the past year for uh 2022 um we had a couple fantastic episodes where we had multiple people and it was a pleasurable experience every single time so i want to thank all of them for showing up and adding to the podcast yes definitely i'll second that uh i also want to thank our editor very much also for doing all the hard work behind the scenes a bit uh, like putting all that together because again like george said nightmare so <laughs> um but yeah yeah so yeah those are yeah they're a lot of work um for sure but they also like very fun to do so hopefully we'll do um to hopefully Hopefully, hopefully we will do some more of those this year. Um, as it, um, as the year goes on, I've already got some, I've already, um, so I've already got some tentative viewers out there to, to, to try and line some up. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, um, uh, we, we, we will do more this year as, 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 as this year goes on, hopefully. So, um, and starting, uh, and so we're going to be covering the games that we covered, uh, mostly for last year. We're basically, um, I can't I can't say for sure whether all these games actually were done last year, but I'll but these are all games that we uh, these are all games that we did all games that like all games we covered the podcast since the last year in special, which episode um which was which was episode number one seventy nine for anybody out there like keeping track. So um um so and starting off and starting off the list very. Like, like, like very fittingly, appropriately, and uh, appropriate enough, to, uh, enough, uh, enough since we, you know, since we usually record on a Sunday, uh, and um, you know, and football's coming up after this, um, you know, given also, you know, given also, and given also the time that the time recording this, uh, the whole recent drama which has happened, uh, which happened like in that world, mm. uh, we're covering um, the first, the the the, uh, the, uh, the the first, the first game on our list to look back on was Madden uh, NFL '94. Which we did as a tribute to John Madden, who had recently passed away at the time of doing that episode. Yeah. Um, so and like um, and yeah, just like you know, it it was it, it, it was very interesting going back to look at an old like an old sports game because most sports games don't age very well. Um, and I think to be fair, Madden '94 is in the same category. I mean, you definitely can't see the foundations of the foundations of, of, of whatever you came a more modern Madden game 30 years later and the game's still fun to play but it's just like the limitations and the drawbacks and, and whatnot and also because of how much the game's evolved 
uh, the NFL has evolved since then. Also, uh, uh, um, you all conspired to kind of, uh, uh, to, uh, to kind of, um, you know, to limit, to limit the game. It's, it just, it's, it just, like, unfortunately, like I said, unfortunately, like I said, for most, um, most sports games, you can't really, most sports games, you can't really go back to, yeah. um, you know, many years later on and look at them. There are, of course, exceptions, but, you know, the old, you know, the old, the, the old, the old 2600 and NES games hold up fairly well in those areas but you know something like this um not so much but you know that said the game you know the game's still the game's still fun to play the game's still like very functional um you know um you know it was very um you know you know if nothing else if nothing else it was very it was very interesting interesting like look back at certain uh, at certain like the um you know time period of things both in terms of games and also as far as the sport itself goes yeah and uh this is definitely on my uh not best of the year list. Um, and, I, you know, older Madden titles I love, but um, as far as the Super Nintendo goes, and I don't even know if we've covered or if you've covered the game in the past, but um, Super Play Action Football is the one that I always go back to. Um, we've not covered it yet. Okay. Um, yet. So, so, yeah, so we will have to That will eventually get covered. Um, yep. But I had, and then, you know, and I'll rehash this when we have the, that episode, but, like, I had Play Action Football for the Game Boy. So that was like my football experience. Mm-hmm. Um, not only for the NES era, but also in the era in which I had my Genesis. Um, I never picked up Madden or, you know, Joe Montana talk football or anything like that. Um, for the Genesis because I had play action football and play action football was amazing. Um, yeah. I didn't play Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl until like I was in high school. And like graduating, mm. <laughs> um, you know, when emulation was starting to become a thing. So yeah, uh, this unfortunately, you know, gets an L, but it gets an L because uh, there's just a game that has my heart, and it's not Madden. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, the, well, also the fact that you know, I'd be the first person to admit the Genesis, the Genesis the sports game is better. Period. Because um, you know, like even the best Madden game, Super NES, is still not quite as good as as, as Genesis, Genesis counterpart for Reese. So. Um, you know, there's also that. Yeah. So moving on after that, that's after that that we covered a Lufia two, um, which was the which was the uh, the prequel actually, even though even though it came after uh, after Lufia one, the story takes place before Lufia one, so that's what I'm calling it a prequel. Uh, we already covered Lufia um, uh, previously, so we uh, like so, like so we wanted to cover like Lufia two. Um, pretty good RPG, definitely better than the first game. Um, whether or not whether or not you enjoy it today, I think depends upon your patience and tolerance for old, uh, uh, for old school JRPGs like this. Because um, while the game is fun, it does have issues. The encounter rate's atrociously high, um, and the plot and the, and the plot, while good, is also kind of confusing and kind of like you know like um, uh, and the game suffers the same issues of like you know not really knowing what to do unless you have, uh, unless you have like a guide or a guide or walkthrough with like a hand as well too. So. Um, great music though. Um, you know, like, um, you know, I, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I um, you know, I, I think it's still a very good RPG. But like I said, you, like I just said, um, it's hard to recommend to somebody unless, uh, unless, you, uh, unless you know that person is a fan like of old school grindy uh, JRPGs. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, and I, I believe, um, I didn't go back and listen to that episode like I should have. Um, but I, I believe I pretty much had some positive things to say about this game. And one of the things that I think I did have a negative about was the grindy nature of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I'm a JRPG guy, and I know that there's going to be some grinding involved. But I really felt that the grinding was quite excessive in this game, and also the encounter rate. um, Which also comes into play with another game we covered this year. Um, But... um, this one didn't really uh, resonate with me and when it was all said and done. Like, we recorded the podcast. You know, I probably said some positive things at the time. But here we are, you know, almost 12 months later. And I can't tell you that I picked Lufia 2 back up. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, there's that. <laughs> but that's true. For, yeah, but that's true for, like, many like JRPGs, too, I think. So, it's not just, like... Um, so, I think that, you know, I think most... Um, um, I think most games that genre have that issue unless they're like unless they have like you know different you know different endings or or, or character hooks or whatnot. So yeah, but yeah, I, I do remember you agreeing with me that Luffy Two is better than its pre- 
Oh yeah, I mean that's that's that, that I absolutely do remember. Yeah, yeah. So, so. <laughs> right. I think yeah. I mean, like, fair enough. Like, you know, like Luffy is Luffy's Luffy's really one of those like forgotten franchises to franchise these days. Unfortunately, um, even though they did come out with later Luffy games, um, you know, on the Game Boy and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like, um, but yeah. So you know, if they did, you know, if they did like a, a remake, uh, um, um, or, or um. Um, or just, um, or just slightly an enhanced version, for enhanced version with some modern, uh, with, with modern day quality life improvements, like done by like Cloud Fantasy and Dragon Gear, Dragon Quest. This would be the definite like worth like uh, picking up. I think. No, because, your first words yeah. were perfect. If they did yeah. a remake of Lufia One and Two together as one story, and released it with modern graphics, modern gameplay, all that, I think it, the story is strong enough to be a good rpg that could possibly spawn sequels but that's just it it needs to be a remake there's don't remaster it don't release it as it is uh, with a few modern tweaks it needs to be a full-on remake it needs to have some fantastic cutscenes. yeah just my opinion no i agree with that yeah definitely for sure so um you know unfortunately uh, yeah, just unfortunately, you know, I don't think that the title has any interest. Like, um, I'm, I, you know, like, the, I mean, like, I'm like visiting the franchise, the franchise, the franchise at this point. So yeah, yeah, um, no, I, you know, I get it. <laughs> probably never happened, unfortunately. Um, the next ep- the, the the next episode was the first of special of the special way um, uh, multiple guest host things that that Joe that um uh, I mean that uh, that Joe was just, uh, that Joe like, was talking about a short time ago. Uh, we revisited it because it was second time covering it, but this time with more content, and additional people. Uh, the, the Super Star Wars games on the system. So um, you know, we had a let's say we had Will, Liam, and Aaron here to talk about the games with us. Um, yeah, just a uh, fun episode. Uh, fun games, hard games. I think the I think the difficulty. Um, the, um, how can I put this? I think that the um, the reputation of these games. Uh, being difficult is a little bit unfair. I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think these games are quite as hard as, as people make them out to be. That said, though, they are very hard games. Um, you know, but they are, um, but they're still, but even today, I think they're still very fun, very fun platformers to go through, especially if you're like a, uh, a Star Wars fan, because like, because like since the games made by LucasArts, there's very nice, fine, small touches of Star Wars stuff in here, like, you know, enemies, um, um, enemies, items that, and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, um, yo, I think these games, I, 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 I think these games hold up like pretty well today. So I think I mentioned this on the uh, episode, but like my Star Wars video game experience was basically the Star Wars arcade game, which is still one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I yep. still to this day will go to Fun Spot and sit in that lovely cabinet and play that game. I don't care. <laughs> um, but like my Star Wars arcade, arcade, geez, Star Wars experience at home was what was available on the NES, which the original Star Wars wasn't that great, and the Empire Strikes Back was cryptic as all hell. Um, so getting to play this the Super Star Wars games um, at a friend's house when I was younger was amazing. I loved it every minute of it, like, it didn't matter that I was dying, I was running around with a lightsaber, I was being able to do cool little flips and whatever else, um, and just dying was, you know, dying is dying, but at least I got to <laughs> run around with a lightsaber. Um, that being said, when we revisited it, um, I was using GameShark, I have no problem admitting that, well, Game Genie, <laughs> I have no problem admitting that. Um, and I was still having a difficult time. There are a lot of points in the, in those games where um, you're designed to just die. There is no um, remembering the pattern or remembering enemies are going to be there. Um, sometimes it jumps. The platforming is good in most parts, but there are times where like you will clip through the platform and you will die. There's just nothing you can do about that. Um, and yeah, the random, uh, respawning of enemies is kind of a pain as well, but, um, yeah, I think the difficulty is exaggerated a bit amongst online people. Um, but other than that, um, there is a difficulty spike there, there, and they do have a reputation and they should have that reputation. It just shouldn't be as exaggerated as it is. That's all. True. I agree. So, but, um, 
But Adult uh, Joe yeah. is not impressed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Star Wars games. I think uh, Star Wars games. Uh, um, I think they're very well done. Um, as 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 overall platform 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 video games, uh, there's there's some issues. Um, but again. But again, and this is kind of a familiar theme here. It's like you know, it's it, it's always hard looking. At, it's always hard looking Super NES games now, thirty years plus removed, and with modernized and modernized uh, abilities, and trying to be like, well, is this is it our fault or is this what is actually fault of the game? Right, right. So it, 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 it'd be very hard to separate those. So, um, so like you know, like so. So I do ask the listeners to keep that in mind. Uh, we do do our best to tr- to, 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 to explain those factors, but um, you know they're always um, you know uh, you know that is a problem with anybody who covers who covers retro games. Yeah. Uh, in a format like this, I think so. Um, so the next game we covered was a. Um, I think it was. I think. Um, um, so I think this was your pick. This was my Joe. pick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Cyborg, Cyborg 009. Uh, I don't, I, I honestly, I honestly, I honestly don't remember too much about this game, but that's not, but what, but what I may be considered, be considered a bad thing, if I could also be considered a good thing, because a good thing, because that means, because that means this game didn't really grind, grind on me in bad ways, yeah, bad ways either. Right. So it's like, I remember this being a platformer. I remember this being like a pretty, uh, based off of Japanese, um, um, anime. You know, Jap- yeah, Japanese on the game based off some Japanese anime. I remember being able to switch out characters, which was fun. Yep. Um, I don't remember the game being excellent though. I, I just remember being kind of the, um, uh, an average platformer, a platformer that had some like good, that 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 that, that, had some, that had some good gimmicks. Yeah. That that in the end really didn't really didn't make it stand up. Um, you know, head and shoulders, your head and shoulders above a very cr- uh, crowded. Uh, genre as it was. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's probably one of the reasons other than the IP why it didn't come over here. Um, and that's, that's just it. Like, this is a game I saw in action on a YouTube video and I was like, that looks pretty cool. And hey, I do a Super NES podcast, so we should just check that out. Um, and I went in cold. I didn't know anything about it other than the little bit of gameplay I'd seen. And went in saying, hey, Greg, we should cover this game. And Greg was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, at that point, I'm committed. I got to, you know, play the game. So, yeah, I mean, I don't remember anything that really stood out other than, you know, you can swap out the uh, double O's. And based on who you swap out for, they do different abilities, which can get you past different parts of the stage, which we seen many times before in other platformers um lost vikings comes to mind where you know they all have one ability that they can use to get past certain areas um yeah this is it's not in a lost column for sure um but it's definitely not in the win column it's definitely in the middle uh-huh. fair yeah i'd probably say the, would say the same thing so next up though is a game next, next up though is a game First time, the first time this episode, I can set that episode. I can say, that I can say, full hundred percent confidence that this goes in the win column. <laughs> uh, Goof uh, Troop, um, you know, based off the, uh, based off the, you know, Capcom developed game, based off the, uh, based off the Cap, uh, um, uh, based off the Disney cartoon, like every, like every Capcom designed Disney game, uh, uh, like it's wonderful. Um, you know, the gameplay is fun. The, gra- the graphics are great. It, 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 it's like a very charming, true, charming, charming, whimsical. Capcom really knew how to make these, they really knew how to make these Disney, um, you know, they really knew how to make these, how to make these Disney games and how to make them fun. So, uh, this game, this game really shines in, this game, this game really shines like two player mode, but, uh, but solo, but solo experience is still fun to play too. Yeah, and I agree with you. This uh, goes in the win column. This is one of those, like, this is what? Recommended by someone who listens to the podcast, if I remember correctly? Yes. Um, so, like, I hadn't ever, I'd seen this game before, but I'd never played it. I don't know if you had experience beforehand. Um, no. I couldn't remember. So, like, no, we I, went I into this absolutely cold, on a suggestion, and we both came out loving this game. Um, even with, you know, we both agreed it probably would have been better multiplayer and, uh, yeah. there's a lot more meat there, but the single player was just as good. And, uh, we both had 
an absolute blast playing that game. Yes. And, you know, this is not the, this is not the only uh, Capcom Disney game we covered last year either. Right. So you're going to be hearing that again. So, <laughs> um, but yes, but yes, this is definitely like a further, um, you know, for sure, you know, this, um, you know, this is like a fun game, uh, definitely. So, um, another game for me, at least, for, like, for me, at least goes, the, for, for, like, for me, at least, that goes in the moon column is Mega Man 7. <laughs> um, I am a huge Mega Man fan. I have, um, you know, um, you know, I have huge nostalgia for all the Mega Man games, both the original series and also the, uh, the original series, like, and also the other, uh, series, uh, series over the years. Mega Man 7 was a, was a nice Super NES updated treatment of the original NES Mega Man games, and that's fine. You know, they didn't go, you know, they already had the Mega Man X series, like, they didn't need to go crazy, or crazy with it. They, crazy with it. It just, like, you know, take the, you know, take the formula updated slightly and release the game. And, um, you know, the game count, the, um, you know, the game count, um, and the game came up, like, very well. You know, very, you know, this is, this is soft, typical Mega Man stuff. Um, you know, if you know the Mega Man, uh, uh, like NES games, this is more of the same. So whether or not, so whether or not you enjoy it or enjoy it or not, it really depends upon how you feel, like about both those games. But I think, uh, but, uh, but I think overall, what this game did definitely made it like a win for me, despite how hard it was. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the uh, Mega Man show. I suck at Mega Man, so uh, <laughs> this game. Of course, it was super difficult for me. Um, this is definitely one of the games I did not finish for the podcast. Um, that being said, um, it is Mega Man. Um, it plays just like every other Mega Man with a few new things added in. Um, and, like, I, I can't hate on the franchise just because I suck at it. Um, this was a good game. Visually, it was beautiful. Um, I mean, it's Capcom. Capcom knew how to use the Super Nintendo to its potential. Um, yes. So, yeah, any almost anything that they did. I think I'm confident in saying anything they did on the Super Nintendo was fantastic. Um, so, you know, I, I have my own personal feelings towards Mega Man, and I always will. Um, Mega Man 10 is the only one I've still completely beaten, and that's because it had an easy mode. So... That tells you something. Um, so, I mean, you know, not my favorite this year, but it also wasn't my least favorite. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the next game we covered in the podcast was a, like, 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 fans, the fan suggestion. Um, this was a, this is a game I, the, so this is a game I really went into cold, not knowing anything about. Uh, another Japanese only game. Uh, Gunpo, uh, Gunman's Proof, which is a very late Super NES game. Um, you know, Zelda clone, basically. It's, yeah. It, it basically plays kind of, it's kind of really, really this game's like Zelda, Zelda set, um, like a Western theme. Yeah. But, um, and the game's fun. You know, the game's definitely like a surprise to me. You, you know, it's like, you know, you know, if you like Zelda, they're like this. A full stop. But, um, you know, you know, and being a late Super NES game, it really shines as far as like, you know, graphics and music and sound and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, so, uh, and just a correction, I actually suggested this game. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I suggested this because I saw a video of it. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And uh, I was like, wow. I was like, this looks like A Link to the Past. And, like, I had recently played through A Link to the Past. Hadn't beaten it. Still haven't beaten it. Um, but, um I saw this and I, I definitely saw some similarities and I was like, it's looks like there's enough meat on there that we can cover that and uh, maybe have some fun with it. And I think we both were surprised at how good this game was. Yes. Um, it is fairly easy. So whether or not, uh, so whether or not you want that depends upon your style, but you know, this game is certainly easier than Zelda. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, um, you know, like, um, so yeah, so if you enjoy Zelda, but you know, you want something a bit different, this is a, um, this is like a really good option to look at as well too. So, um, okay. This next game, I'm, this, this game, so the next game I'm positive was a suggestion from somebody who listens to the podcast. Nope. This was um, also me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I know there were some fan suggestions up here, uh, up here. I guess I'm just confusing my mind, which one's which, but yeah, this is, um, uh, this is, um, because of because of yeah. Goof Troop being a fan suggestion, the Super Star Wars special, um, you would basically give me a couple um, picks to go to go at. 
And, uh, right. yeah, this is another one I just pulled out of my butt and thought that it was going to be a good game. And it ended up just being a mediocre racing game that I can't really say I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, it's a racing game, and sure, it's, it yeah. was fun yeah. for what was there, but uh, it didn't go above and beyond anything I expected, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Super Family Racing, I definitely feel the same way as you did, Joe. I mean, like, it's a fine... Like it's a very competent Namco developed, uh, you know, F1 racing game. If you like that, great. Um, you know, like, um, you know, if you're a fan of Japanese racing, uh, great because this game actually does a pretty good job of, um, mimicking that. But yeah, as far as, it, but, but yeah, if you just like racing games in general, there are far better racing games available in the system. Yeah. So, um, I really can't suggest this one too much, unfortunately, which, um, you know, again, I think it's like, it was fine at the time, I think, but the biggest, the biggest issue I had this game like was the whole like bird's eye viewpoint that the game uses, yeah. which I never, yeah. which, which I never really quite got used to, despite my hard, um, you know, you were probably trying, trying really, really hard. Yep. But uh, next up was uh, yes, uh, another another so another special. Uh, we finally got around to covering Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, uh, classic. Um, we had the. Um, like, so we had like uh, Ferg on here, Phil and Chris. So definitely like, you know, like, um, you know, fun hosts, um, you know, fun episode. What can I say about this game that hasn't already been said? I, I mean, I, I mean, this game's a classic like for a reason. That's great. Yeah. It definitely is one of the best, um, you know, it, you know, you know, it's one of the best games of the system. It's still my, fa- um, it's still to this day my, my, my personal favorite Zelda game. Um, it's, uh, um, you know, it may be, um, you know, it may be one of the best games, like, made, period, uh, a full stop. So, the game's still fun to play these days. Uh, it's commonly, um, you know, they've re-released enough times that the game's easy to pick up, and they really haven't done anything to change it or change or enhance it, which they really don't need to. So, you know, the game still has that same charm and mystery or whatnot that the game did when it came out, like, 30-plus years ago. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so um, I definitely encourage you to, to try to finish this game at some point then, Joe, because, like, this game really is worth the effort uh, to put into it. It really is just, like, a, uh, uh, the, I mean, there's really, you know, it's really, this really, the play is just, like, an amazing game uh, um, for every level, I think. Yeah, I need to get back into it, and uh, I can't, I got to remember what system I was playing it on because I got about halfway through... I want to say halfway through the game. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're playing it like in your mini. I think it might have been my mini, which is God, yeah. Lord, God only knows where right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, it, I mean, this is one of those like, uh, I think you had covered this earlier in the podcast, and this was kind of like a revisit um, kind of thing. And yeah, it's. I mean, actually, no, we. I purposely, I purposely, I purposely did not cover this one in the past. Oh, okay, okay. So that was waiting. specifically uh, because you wanted uh, the group of people. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, I mean, it was fun. Not only was it uh, a great game, obviously, um, like Greg said, this is this is Super NES perfection. Like, if there's four games I'm going to recommend for the Super Nintendo, this will be one of them every single time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, Phil was trying to live stream. The podcast? Yes, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was uh, an interesting situation. Um, and uh, also, he had been streaming in chunks his gameplay. Um, so I caught right. a couple of the nights in which he was streaming it, which was fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's The Legend of Zelda, man. Um, yeah. As of late, I've actually gone back to playing... Um, uh, what's the one on the the uh, switch? Um, well, there's two. There's the there's the remake of Link's there, Awakening. There we go, Link's Awakening. Also, Link's Awakening. And Breath of the Wild. Like the, yeah, or, so or Breath of the Wild. Like so the Breath game. of Wild, I have for the Wii U, and like I have a yeah. save right at Ganon. So um, okay, that's I I did not invest in the, the Switch version because I pretty much have a beat on the Wii U. Um, and I didn't want to restart that adventure, um, because that one's a little meaty. Um, whereas sure. Link's Awakening, um, I, I, I've put quite a bit of time into that, but, um, that's another one I'm 
about halfway through right Awakening now. is also a great game. Yes. yes. So, um, and, yeah, and there's so. a lot of, like, the remake is fantastic. I thought the it art is, style yes. that they chose was great. Highly the music is yep, fantastic. Yep. Um, it makes me want to go play the Game Boy version, which um, I don't think is their intention, but it, that's, it, it makes me want to <laughs> go see what that difference is and how it was changed, um, especially knowing that not only was it released on the regular Game Boy, but they also released it for the Game Boy um, Color as uh, Link's Awakening DX, and there's actually a special dungeon just for that version, which yes. they incorporated into the Switch version. So yeah. I think I, I could skip the Color part and, pl- and skip the DX part, but I definitely want to play the original Game Boy version and see what the differences are, um, or even the similarities and see how it just changes graphically. But yeah, right. uh, Legend of Zelda, you cannot go wrong. True. No. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. So uh, next up, so next up on the podcast, uh, podcast as, as I as already previously mentioned, was another uh, Capcom developed Disney game. Uh, this was Magical Quest Star Mickey Mouse. Um, uh, first game of a trilogy, platformer game. Um, yeah, fun game. I uh, so I didn't like this as much Goof Troop um, because of the nature of the gameplay. You know, platformers for me are like are like eh. You know, they're fine, but um, you know, the game is still excellently programmed, programmed, programmed like well done. I mean, like, this is still if you enjoy platformers, uh, platformers, this is still like a very fun platformer. I think um, you know, it's always that Disney, Disney, Disney slash Capcom charm to it uh, with like different things that Mickey Mouse can do in the game, like whatnot. Yeah, so being a Genesis kid, Castle of Illusion, of course, was my... Uh, which is also a very good game. Which is a very good game. Um, is my Mickey platformer of choice. Um, but that being said, uh, playing Magical Quest, wow. Being able to have the different costumes, being able to... Those different costumes change what uh, Mickey can do, which then changes sometimes the environments and the things that you need to do to get past certain things. Um, I... I thoroughly love this uh capcom and disney again you can't go wrong <laughs> yep definitely 300 percent so um uh so next up on the uh podcast was a first game i suggested uh because i was a big fan of its original i mean the first game for the first game of the series uh we covered equinox which is the um which is an isometric puzzle game, which was a, a puzzle game, which was a sequel to the NES game Solstice, which was a very, you know, which was a surprise hit. Equinox plays a lot like Solstice. Uh, you know, you have a, um, like a very unique, um, uh, isometric, uh, viewpoint, which is both a, which is both good and bad as far as the gameplay and trying to, um, um, trying to navigate around it. Um, if you can get around the, so the, like, if you can get around the, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the viewpoint. There's a very like soft puzzle game here that's still on on so just as much fun as the, as the original NES game. That said, I do understand that the I do understand especially uh, especially you know, especially 2023 that that asymmetric view, uh, viewpoint can be very hard to like hard to get used to. I don't think that, um so so I so I so I don't think Joe ever did. So <laughs> you know if you can't get used to it, I don't blame you because the, the because it's very like a product of its times for sure. So, yeah, and, uh, but if you can get past it, the puzzle game is very good. Yeah, and that was actually the one thing I was going to mention is that, like, <laughs> at, when I first looked at the games that we played this past year, I saw this one and I was like, I don't even remember playing Equinox. I was like, what game is this? So, of course, I had to listen to the podcast to be able to uh, remember what it was. And yeah, I, I don't hate it. Um, it's just, it's different. And I just could not get into it. Um, and that still holds true because I haven't gone back to it. <laughs> true. Yeah. But, yeah, but also, Joe, to be fair, I, I, you, I don't remember you being like a bunch of puzzle fan either. So, right, right. I mean, it's like my puzzle fandom is like Tetris, some Poya Poya, and like, uh, like Yoshi's Cookie, Doctor Mario, like you know what I mean. Like it's yeah, yeah. it's a super or a Street Fighter, Puzzle Fighter. Like I mean, like you know, it's it's relatively yeah. uh, straightforward. Whereas um, you know, yes, Goof Troop had some of that puzzle elements. Um, I felt that worked out a little better than what Equinox was trying to hand out. But also, 
I had never played Solstice for the the regular Nintendo. Um, so yeah. I did play that one a little bit before I played Equinox, but going in cold with both games really didn't help the situation. True. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, um, yep. Yeah, that's totally fair. That's, um, so yeah, puzzle game that may or may, a puzzle game that may or may not hold up today, depending upon how you look at it. So, um, Next game, the next game we're covering definitely was a suggestion by somebody. Yes, Chris suggested uh, this one to us. Yes. So, The Twisted Tales of Spike McFang, which is a very interesting uh, game that, um, it, despite, yeah, despite being very heavily Japanese, this did, um, you, you know, this did get a North American release. Um, not a very, not a very big release because the game is very hard to find in Super Friends of these days, but, um, this is this is this is again Zelda inspired. I mean, like you know, it's amazing how many games um, you out there are definitely Zelda inspired. Yeah. But um, but you know, but you know, but hey, you know, for good reason, imitations the imitations the highest form of flattery. Yada yada yada. Yep. So um, it's it's very cute. It's very whimsy. It's very on uh, very heavily Japanese. Um, if you um, you know, if you enjoy like more comical kind of lighthearted. Weird, uh, weird Zodish games. This one's definitely fun. Yeah, I uh, I like this one. This one surprised, su- really surprised me. Um, Same. Like the, Chris suggested it, and I was like, I've never heard of this game. And I think you had the same opinion. Like you had just you'd never heard of it, and we both went in cold on this. And I had started playing it um, a little bit before you did. Like I think the minute it was suggested. I was like, with that night, I had booted it up to at least get a good look at it, and uh, yeah, I I fell in love with it. I thought it was a fantastic game, and it's still one that I haven't gone back to yet. But it is on my list of games to go back to because I enjoyed what I did have of it. Yeah, I, so I remember the game like being like fairly short too. I mean, it's not like a, um, um, it doesn't require like a huge time. Right. Sink. There is, I think the biggest problem the game has, it does require some grinding. So, uh, the grind, the grind, the grind is going to add on a good chunk of time, like the game. Um, whether or not that's good or bad depends upon how you like, feel about that stuff. But, you know, just putting it out there. So, but yes, very cute, very underrated game. You know, definitely recommend if you enjoy like Zelda-ish games. Yeah. So, uh, next up was another heavy hitter for the system. Um, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, uh, another Capcom game. Uh, very early Super NES title. Um, inspired by, but definitely not the same game as, like, Super, uh, I mean, um, you know, as the Ghouls and Ghosts, which came up in Arcade and Genesis, Genesis, playing their systems. So, uh, it's more of a, it, it's more Capcom taking the idea of that game and making it, um, you know, making Super NES version, uh, 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 the version of it instead. Um, Classic Ghost and Goblins gameplay here. Uh, just, just as much fun, just as much, just as challenging, just as much, uh, difficulty, and just as much, like, you know, pulling your hair out. <laughs> so, uh, so, like, uh, so if you enjoy Ghost and Goblins, then, you know, this game, you know, this game, this game's very fun, so it holds up very well today. Yeah, so this is Super Ghost and Goblins. Uh, did you hear everything I said about Super Star Wars? Cause that kind of falls here as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, except for this game isn't as cheap at times, uh, this game is just, uh, it's meant to be difficult, and I think it's one of those, like, they realized what they had when they released it in the arcades, and what the, when they released it in the NES, and people loved that challenge, and I just think they fed into that, and added more of a challenge to this, and, uh, you know, they succeeded, it's, it's definitely an improvement over the NES game, um, but it's still yeah. one of those like gotcha moments, and you got to beat it twice to be able to uh, beat it for reals. So um, yes, yeah. I mean, it's again Capcom. <laughs> at least the game gives you play difficulty options. Yes, at least. yes. So um, I mean, you. I mean, I mean, and double jump of the game is a lifesaver yes. because you have to have a double jump. So, but. But yeah, so yeah, uh, there's a reason this game was included on the NES. But yeah, you know, um, uh, like I said back then, there's a reason this game is included like in the mini. Um, you know, it's still a very, you know, still a very fun game. Holds up like pretty well yep. today. So um, uh, next up was a Joe suggestion. Um, a um, uh, a game based off of 
So again, based off a popular movie, a True Lies. Yes. Um, most, 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 let me say, most video game adaptation movies suck. <laughs> um, and so I expected this one to be the same. I was surprised. So I was yeah, just, just, just surprisingly surprised like how good this game actually is. Um, follows the movie, uh, 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 follows the movie, follows the movie pretty well. Has some fun gameplay. Surprising amount of blood in this game, uh, which I didn't, which I didn't expect. Like um, you know, a, a Nintendo, a Nintendo approved game with a time, flip on the time yeah. period. Um, definitely hard. This is a difficult game at points. Um, but still a very well fun, uh, very well put together, um, you know, uh, um, I'm your, um, action game. So, uh, if you enjoy games of that type, I definitely recommend checking this one out because you probably like stepped under your radar. Yeah. I mean, obviously I made the suggestion. So, um, and I talked about it on, uh, you know, the episode that like when it came to licensed games, uh, this was like the creme of the creme of licensed games. Like it, you can't get much better. And it's crazy because it's a claim and a claim usually just slaps stuff together and it doesn't come out well. Um, they're just there to make the buck, but, uh, this game was fantastic. Um, I still, uh, like I said on the podcast, I still occasionally pick this up and just play it just because I love running around as Arnold Schwarzenegger and being able to shoot people, and there's enough uh, cheat codes to be able to, to allow you to do that with infinite ammo, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah, I absolutely love this game. <laughs> yeah, with good reason. I, I, I mean, I definitely can see like why you did. So, um, did this game get? Did this game get? This game get? Um, did this game get a, get Genesis Genesis version as well? This got Genesis so Super Nintendo Game oh, Gear okay, Game yeah. Boy. And if they could right, have, they probably would have slapped it on the Virtual Boy. <laughs> I, I think it literally came out on everything that was available yes. at the time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to remember, but um, but uh, yeah. So um, Genesis, yeah, yeah. Many games came up came up with Genesis Super NES during this time period because both systems like are very popular and from. And, um, you know, in most cases, they're almost the same. So, yeah. So especially um, with this game, like they are literally cut and paste the same across all four yep. platforms the only difference is like game boy and game gear the screen is smaller more condensed less of a uh viewing point but yet it's like programmed the same so they also they they also cut some yeah they also they also cut some sages though well right 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 so like yeah. you know but it's like one of those like the game still acts as if you're playing it on a tv even though you're on a tiny True. screen yeah. So like enemies right. are constantly shooting at you from off screen that you can't see. Um, so stay away from the portable versions because there's a lot <laughs> of cheap deaths there that you can't control. Um, but either console, Genesis or Super Nintendo, two thumbs up. Yes. Yep. Definitely. So uh, next up is a game I wanted to cover in the system. Um, sorry, the podcast like for a while that you know I just didn't find time to slip to slip to, 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 to slot in until. Uh, um, you know, until then, finally, uh, Rendering Ranger R2, which is a very interesting title, interesting, um, uh, interesting history, uh, um, interesting game. Uh, this is a very, this is a very obscure and one of the rarest Super NES games out there because even though it was developed by a European company, the game only got released in Japan and, and it only made, uh, they only made 10,000 copies. So, um, the game has been announced coming out to modern systems, uh, systems as a recording. This has not been released yet, but it is supposed to be coming out to modern systems, modern systems later on this year. Um, this is a very, so this is a very, this is a very, very, very good, but very hard shooter, um, uh, um, uh, um, combination space shooter slash ground shooter for the system, kind of a cross between like Contra and Turrican, because it, it, it could be the game, because the game alternates back and forth between like space, space, space ages and ground ages. Um, gorgeous graphics that they um, you know, this game, um, you know, this game definitely would be up there in that short list of like, you know, games, Super NES games, like the best graphics. Um, and pretty good soundtrack too. It's a shame this game didn't, um, it's a shame this game didn't get a bigger release, which is why I'm glad that they are re-releasing it later on this year from uh, Modern Systems. Um, it's a very underrated, very solid shooter. Like, if you enjoy shooters, they're shooters, they're, um, this one's definitely worth, um, this one's definitely worth like, checking out. Um, even though it is, like, very hard. Yeah, and I remembered having a pretty positive opinion on this game. Um, it, it definitely didn't stick with me. Um, and I know, I remember at least pointing out, like, 
you know, the graphics were fantastic, especially for the Super Nintendo. Um, yes. But I, I'm one of those people, like, I love shooters, but also, like, I have to be in the mood to play a shooter. Um, so, like, I don't know. I think when we sat down to play this, I just, there were times in which I just wasn't in the mood, but then there were times that I was because I remember having a fun time with it, but also I remember there were t- times when I was playing it where I just felt like it was a slog. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I imagine that. Um, so, yeah, that's fair. Um, next up in the podcast was another, like, another, uh, you know, Capcom, uh, Capcom, uh, slash Disney game. Uh, we looked at the sequels to, um, uh, to the Mickey Mouse uh, game, uh, Magical Quest, The Great Circus Mystery, and, and Magical Quest 3. Uh, Magical Quest 3 only came out in Japan. Uh, these games are pretty much more the same. And, like, you know, they have some improvements over, like, over, like, like the, the Magical Quest. But Magical Quest was such a good game in and of itself that they really didn't need to tinker with the formula that much. Um, yeah, if you enjoyed, um, you know, if you enjoyed 1, 2, and 3 are also very, very solid games, too. Yeah, and I uh, also agree there. Both games were fantastic. Uh, more of the same, uh, different costumes, therefore different uh, power-ups, so therefore different abilities of what that you could use in the level. Um, other than that, I mean, it's Capcom again, doing their thing on the Super Nintendo, and uh, two fantastic games. Yep, yeah, definitely agree. Next up was the game suggested to us like by a listener of the, uh, of the show, um, another, um, uh, another Japanese-only racing game. Uh, making it making the second Japanese racing game we've covered on the podcast this year. <laughs> so, uh, I'm Astro Go Go. Um, clearly inspired by F Zero, and you're also with a very like unique uh, viewpoint as far as the uh, as far as the camera went. I know the person. Who, I know the person who's just this game was it to us like a big fan of the game. But honestly, it just honestly it just, honestly, and I already apologized to him. Um, you know, way back when it, it just it, um it she just didn't click with me. Uh, you know, if, you know, you know, if that, you know, if it, uh, like F-Zero didn't exist to be a different story, this game, this game to me just felt like, you know, a poor man's copy of, like, of F-Zero. Um, it, 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 it just wasn't that much fun to begin with, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, so. and I second that opinion. Um, uh, I, this was one of those, like, it felt very much like F-Zero, but it didn't have the same polish. It most certainly didn't play like it. And, uh, yeah, I think we both walked away with uh, sour taste in our mouth as far as this game's concerned. Yeah, because it had some unique concepts, but it's just like a combination of, like, you know, gameplay and graphics and whatnot. It, 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 uh, not, a, not, a, not all of it came together to land, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, uh, there's a reason this game stayed, there's a, re- there's a reason this game, there's a reason this game stayed in, like, Japan. So, um, next up was another... So next up was another combination uh, retrospective slash combination episode. Uh, we decided to cover all four Street Fighter uh, like all four Street Fighter two games that came out with the Super NES. So um, there, there's a lot we could say here, but I'll just try to get this you know, short and sweet. Um, the original game doesn't hold up very well to, very well anymore these days, I think. But the other games are still like pretty fun to play today. Yeah. So we did this because I had suggested Street Fighter Alpha. Um, Right. Which still, to this day, um, baffles me that they got that thing on a cartridge and playing on the Super Nintendo. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, um, after Astro Gogo, this was fantastic and exactly what we needed. Uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, it's Street Fighter. I love Street Fighter. Um, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat will always be like the two big franchises that I love for fighting. Um and we covered all four games that were available for the Super Nintendo. Um, and obviously, in my opinion, World Champions doesn't hold up anymore. Um, but that's because you have Super Street Fighter, um, which, in my opinion, makes that obsolete. But then you also have Street Fighter Alpha and uh, Alpha 2, was it? Yeah. Yes. So, um, and like Alpha 2 sh- shows that it's pushing the hardware because there was some stuttering. Um, and it definitely, it, it played, don't get me wrong, but there was definitely some slowdown and stuff like that. Whereas the others, we didn't oh, sure. have much of yeah. an issue. Um, the pinnacle of what Capcom could do on the SNES, I believe, is Street Fighter Alpha. Street Fighter Alpha 2 is also technically a marvel. 
But because it's got those hiccups and everything else, I have to give the uh, baton to Street Fighter Alpha because that game runs flawlessly. If you didn't know any better, you would swear that it was arcade perfect. Um, and yes. it's it's a fantastic experience, especially if you're a Street Fighter fan. All four games are really... Uh I'll be fair, all four games I, I think are very, very close to being arcade perfect. Um, even like Virtual Street Fighter 2. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's reason that, I mean, the reason that game was, you know, the killer after the system, like, for a while. Right, was. right. Um, it's just that, you know, you know, as you, you, as you mentioned, you, as you, as you both mentioned, um, you know, the, the formula got better after that right. point. So, um, but yeah, but yeah. So, uh, fun games, a good episode. So. Uh, next up was the game that I'd want to suggest, uh, just, 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 because I saw it available one day on the Switch, uh, Super NES uh, collection, and, um, and, um, and I never heard of it, uh, Operation Logic Bomb, which is actually a, a sequel to a Game Boy, which is actually a sequel to a Game Boy game called Forbidden Zone. Um, it's pretty unique, um, um, for, for, for a top-down shooter, uh, that plays a, um, you play the Metroid, it's a Metroid mixed of Contra. You're exploring a base, uh, you know, blasting, blasting bad guys, uh, whatnot. Um, not a great game, but a good game for what it was. You know, there's certainly, you know, um, you know, you know, you know, it's a shortish, you know, you know, flights are, you know, that's a, um, it's a short action game. So, you know, it's, you know, for what it is, it's fine. Yeah, this was a pretty good suggestion. Um, I went in not knowing anything, including that it was a sequel to a Game Boy game because Greg's the one who does the research. I don't. I just show up anyways. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I found that out while we were recording the episode. Um, But I did go back and play that Game Boy game. The Game Boy game is pretty good. Um, But this was more of the same, which I didn't know at the time. But um, yeah, it's one of those like you're going around room for room. You're killing the enemy and the one thing I did like about the game is that as you're killing the enemy and proceeding through the level, you are slowly getting pieces of the story as to what happened and, uh, you know, basically your mission, like, you know, what you're doing to try to uh, bring down the aliens and why you're trying to bring down the aliens. So that was a nice little touch. Um, this was definitely a uh, positive episode that we did for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like for sure. So. So next up on the podcast, I actually recorded earlier, but you know, just because of release schedules and schedules, schedules and timey wimey, that kind of stuff. Um, I was uh, held up by a move uh, for longer, than, like longer, like longer than I expected. So I asked, uh, so I asked Joe, he was like, he was to help me out with a bonus episode, to help to, 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 to help to help to help to keep, to help to keep things current um, until I was able to get like recording again. So uh, Joe picked the game, got together. Um, uh, uh, I got together with former, like a former, uh, co- like a former coach, George, and they covered a game for us. Since, since you covered the game, uh, Joe, I'll let you talk about it. I mean, it's a side scrolling beat em up that has some RPG elements. Um, this is so Japanese, it's not even funny. That's why it was only released in Japanese. Um, the fan translation was really nice, though. Um, I got so stuck in this game because it is really pivotal that you talk to everybody and you talk to them um at certain times this is kind of like a uh, precursor to Shenmue where like um if you don't talk to someone at the right time it's not going to progress the story so that was kind of annoying um but uh this is one of those uh this episode will always be a little uh sentimental to me just because it was through one George thank you uh, he, he helped me out to get this episode out, um, and he didn't have to do that, which is fantastic. But also, because of this episode, we ended up, at the end, like, George was like, you know, you, we should really do something together. And I was like, well, let's reboot Radical Retro Roundup. And we got that back <laughs> up and running, and, you know, we're three episodes in, going to be recording the fourth in a couple weeks. So, uh, you know, this, this this episode, much like, uh, what, seven years ago when I was on the uh, Two yep. Dudes in a Nest podcast, uh, that podcast got me into podcasting and got me into creating my own show and eventually led me here with, with Greg. Um, and now it's like this podcast has now led me to 
reignite my podcast and start all over again. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree. So yeah, I'm glad to feel that way. Um, I meant to play this game myself. I, I just never got around to it because of reasons, but because I love River City Ransom playing the NDS, um, even though the game is stupidly easy, like an easy yeah, cheat. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, uh, I, but it is in the episode and the episode uh, on the episode didn't make the game sound very good. So, um, if you, know, you like uh, the River City Ransom games, like this is definitely one you should check out because um, it's really open ended as far as like what you can do. And there's a like, I mean, listen to the episode, you'll find out. I spent like three hours in just the opening segment because I couldn't figure out how to some, move on. But <laughs> yeah, there's some elements. There's some elements in the game series. I think you probably could argue that carried over like to the, uh, you know, carried over like to the. Like a Kuza series of yeah, games too. I yeah, think. I agree. Ah. So, but um, next up on the so, uh, next up on the like next up on the podcast list uh, was another heavy hitter game, uh, the original Breath of Fire for the Super NES. We already covered Breath of Fire two on the uh, on the podcast way back when several years ago, but we never had, we never got around to covering the original game. So uh, so we did. Um, it's a good RPG. I mean, it shows it, it shows the age. It shows it shows the fact that it shows the fact this was Capcom's first RPG for the system. Um, the sequels, are def- the sequels, I think, are definitely better games. But, but Breath of Fire by itself is still like a competent RPG, like for what it is. Um, um, and again, you know, with like Lufia too, if you enjoy classic JRPGs, I think the game still holds up well enough today uh, if you have the patience and tolerance tolerance for games of that sort. Yeah. So this was obviously a choice because. Uh... You had already, you know, done the second, um, and I loved the third entry. Um, and the third entry for me is like second to like Lunar, in my opinion. So like Lunar is my all time favorite. So, you know, high praise for the Breath of Fire series. So I was like, I've never played one or two. So I was curious to see where the franchise had started. And thank God during the episode you mentioned the Game Boy Advance ports um, with the modern fixes because um, I have since that episode gone back to play the Game Boy Advance version and I am happy to say that I'm only about three or four hours into the game but I love it a lot more than I was loving the Super Nintendo version that we were playing for the podcast Mm. Um, yeah it's not as grindy the story, um, I feel like the story was modified at least a little bit. Um, it so, was, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. there's that, but like the big thing is obviously like I'm not having a grind, um, which I was right. doing with the Super Nintendo version. So, um, my suggestion to everyone out there is skip the Super Nintendo version, although it is good. Um, then that's the key word it's good. Um, it's not great, it's good because it is a pain because of all the grinding. Um, but unlike yeah. Lufia 2, where I would tell you there's too much grinding and don't even bother, um, this one I'm going to tell you to go at least try to get the Game Boy Advance port. And if you can't get a physical game, then pirate it, whatever. Um, <laughs> it should definitely be played for sure. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely second also the recommendation that the GBA version is probably, like, it's probably the preferred version to play these days. Um, the GBA and the DS got a lot of, uh, got a lot of, um, um, uh, re-releases of classic games, uh, on the systems with, like, quality of life improvements yeah. and whatnot. Many, many good games got re-released on the, on those systems. So, like, like, so, and some of them, and some of the releases, I, some of the releases, I, I feel, I, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I through the cracks. So, it definitely is worthwhile going back, going back, checking out, checking out, the, checking out the, the library of those systems to see what, um, you know, see what you yeah. had missed because there were a lot of, like, good re-releases that came out of those systems. So, um, after that was episode 200, which was our second our second annual uh, draft episode special. I'm not really going to go into too much detail, but detail about that here because the nature of the series, nature of the episode, like whatnot. We just basically like we we had some, we had some guest hosts that we had some guest hosts on the podcast. We all picked our favorite games for the system. We all system. We all talked about it. We all had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like you know, again, I'm I'm very glad the episode. I'm very glad the podcast the podcast has gone off that long. 
Um, it's hard to believe how many years I've been doing this, doing this segment now, from now, and uh, um, you know, it was a great, it was great, you know, it was great having some guest hosts on the podcast with us, and just, you know, it was a fun time. Um, you know, definitely, you know, it's definitely kind of a not a very, you know, not you know, not a unique idea. I got the whole, I got the whole draft episode idea from somebody else way back when, but. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always fun doing specials, uh, special, special specials like specials like that for like special for special occasions, and so it was definitely a blast to do. And I want to thank everybody again one more time for the time, the the, the time that they, they took out of their to, took out of their days to join us out to join us like that join us um like that episode. Yeah, and those draft specials are always fun. We did one, uh, I think we did one last year, and then we did it uh, this year for two hundred. And, uh, yeah, they're always fun. And I always love hearing other people's, uh, stories and, uh, the games that they grew up with and the picks that they have. Um, oh man, I can't remember, uh, the young lady's name that joined us this time. Oh, Ashley. Ashley, Yes. She had only played the super, the, uh, game boy. Like that was her only experience, um, growing up. So it was really interesting to see like, the different titles that she um, latched onto for the Super Nintendo and how some of them were because they had Game Boy games that, you know, she had played mm-hmm. when she was yep. younger. It was pretty fun. Yeah, and there are many watered-down ports of Super NES games onto the Game Boy, as we already well, right. mentioned previously. Yeah. So, um, but, um, so, yeah. Yeah, great episode. That was a lot of fun. So, and last, and, de- and, and last but definitely not least, because I didn't hate the game, <laughs> um, was Skulljagger. Uh, which was a, um, which was a, which is a pirate-themed uh, fantasy slash platformer for the system, best known for its comic book style uh, uh, story in the manual, which not only is, uh, which, which is always fun to read, but also contains a lot of clues and hints for finding, like finding like hidden, like like behind hidden, like behind hidden, hidden warps yeah. in the game. Um, you know, graphically the game's pretty good. Musically, it's not bad. The gameplay's fine. Um, it's not great. There are better platformers in the system, but the game plays well enough for what it is, and the comic book definitely enhances, like, enhances the overall flavor of the game uh, for sure. So yeah, this was definitely a miss uh, for me, but also like this was my suggestion, so I have to take some ownership of that. Um, <laughs> it looked a lot cooler than uh, it ended up being, um, but also like it wasn't Astrogogo and it wasn't. Um, what was the other one? Um, geez, I just had it on the tip of my tongue, and now I got to go back and look. Um, oh, and it's also not Super Family Racing because that game was just kind of <laughs> boring because it was so straightforward. So, um, you know, there was enough here to give you a gameplay experience and to at least enjoy it for what it is. Um, and at the time, it probably would have been fantastic, but here we are almost 30 years later. Uh, it, it just doesn't hold up, in my opinion. Well, I remember. Well, I remember renting the game back in the day and playing it. And my impression, my impression of it now, is still the same impression that it was back yeah. then. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, it, you know, it, you know, it's fine. You know, it's you know, you know, you know, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. So, um, you know, you know, you know, like I said, the comic book definitely has. You know, the, the comic book definitely is the um, well, the comic book style story. Yeah. I should probably say it's definitely the. You know, you know, it's definitely attraction. I mean, it's practically sure. a small so. novella. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What is it like? Seventy pages? I it's think. Eighty but, pages. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely huge. So it is a short story. <laughs> if there is a short story, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. And I just realized I started out the episode with the wrong the, the episode with like the wrong number. This is actually episode two hundred two and not two hundred one because that was Skull Jagger was two hundred one. Yeah. So whoops. So, uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So uh, thank you again, uh, everybody, for listening to us uh, in twenty twenty two. Hope to have you around again like this year as well too. Um, we are so for twenty twenty three our first our, our first proper our first proper game coverage episode episode number uh, two hundred three um, is a game that we wanted to cover we want to cover like for a while but we didn't want to do our heavy hitters at once so um, this is definitely one of the last not the last but but not the last but definitely getting but definitely getting toward the end of the really the um, you're the must play fondly remembered classics for the system so we wanted to try to spread those out as much as um, as much as possible uh we're gonna be covering uh super mario world 2 yoshi's island yeah, yeah. so uh that's so yeah so yeah that should be a fun game so 
Uh, well, it, well, it, well, it is a fun game. You know, this is a game I played back in the day. So of course, like, so of course, it's a fun game. But, um, but you know, but you, but you will get into the woods of it uh, for sure next time. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, thank you. Uh, I think everybody for taking some time today to listen to us. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, suggestions, you can find us on Facebook page. You can also send me an email if you want to at the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Joe, how can hey, you guys can find me at J O E S U X three zero. Um, I also have a very public Facebook. Um, also you can find the radical retro roundup on Facebook. Um, yeah. And then I have a YouTube channel. It's just Joe sucks. Uh, 30. I think that's <laughs> what it is. Something like that. But, uh, yeah, I have, uh, about two hours of gameplay of Yoshi's Island since I had already tried to, play that um and i streamed it for a bit so you can see how much fun i was having with that um i've gotten better but that was like first hand first time hands-on like actually playing the game um so there is some frustration and uh i mean it's it's first-hand account like it's just you know how often do you get to see a 40 year old uh, play a SNES for the first time. So, you know, that's <laughs> kind of what it was. <laughs> yeah. I should, yeah. Yeah. I started playing the game a little bit too. Um, yeah, I'm playing like my mini because it's great right. mini. So, um, but, uh, all right. Uh, well, we'll look forward to that next time. Uh, thank you everybody out there for listening as always. Uh, hope you have a good 2023. Um, happy new year. And uh, we'll catch you guys again later on. Stay safe. Be well. Bye. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep power.